And now, Spotlight Montana with Laurel Staples. Two-time Olympian Bradley Wilson of Butte is gearing up to compete in his third Olympic Games in men's moguls. In this Spotlight Montana, our own Robbie Whittle sits down with Wilson to talk about what he's doing to prepare and how it will be a different experience this time around. Wilson also talks about how it all started for him in Butte and what it's like to experience this Olympic journey with his brother, Olympic bronze medalist Brian, by his side. At one point, did you realize, you know, kind of skiing was, you were just hooked, you know? Um, what time? I, I think probably like right before I made the team, uh, started to do better at international events like Noram Cup and uh, stuff like that. And was able to stack up against, you know, skiers, beat skiers who went on to the World Cup and did really well at World Cup and just kind of compare and be like, all right, right on. I think I could you know, kind of do this. And uh, the next year when I made the team and just started competing for um, like on, on World Cup, at World Cup events and kind of did pretty well. And that's when I started to see success in those competitions is when I just really, you know, it just clicked. There's a lot of really cool things with this sport. Um, the, the other athletes, the vibe, the atmosphere, you know, all these athletes are some of my best friends and will continue to be my best friends, you know, throughout the rest of my life. So it's created a pretty cool uh, community and all the way from when I was a kid to the Olympic team, you know, all these connections and, and people that I've met along the way just kind of match my vibe and are really just good people and um, people who are easy to trust and just easy to click with. And I think that sense of community really helped me um, enjoy and know that I was, I was on fire about this sport. And, um, you know, you talked about other athletes being your friends. In what ways do they kind of push you to kind of better yourself on the slopes? I mean, they'll tell you how it is. You know, if you're being a wuss, they'll tell you. And it just kind of helps you, you know, push over that fear line and get what you need to get done done. And the, a lot of time in mean, duels and stuff, we, we definitely push each other a lot. Uh, when you're side by side and you're you know you're dueling you're racing against one of your best friends and uh they push you to your limit and you push them to theirs and whoever makes it out you know goes on to the next round and that kind of in those ways in competition we definitely push each other a lot just having conversations too you know off the hill we go to I don't know, after the Olympics we'll be celebrate or after an event we'll be celebrating and you just kind of get a little heart to heart of like yeah, man, like this is, this is it. Like you're, you're good. And this is sweet. Like do this. And this is what I learned. This is how I learned uh, how to get through this section. Or this is how I learned how to, you know, this, this jump or whatever. And uh, just kind of with that community and that relationship, you just kind of spill it out and help each other out. And, you know, this being your third Olympics now going into it, do you kind of feel like you have some veteran knowledge or some experience? I mean, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, no, not a lot more now than I did in going into processing in, uh, for Russia. So the, I mean, yeah, I mean, I gotta, I gotta use it how I'm to my advantage, I guess. I don't really know how else to, um, describe it other than like learning from my past mistakes and, um, taking advantage of, of that knowledge. Um, also just tell these guys coming up to their first Olympics, letting them know kind of what to expect and, um understand that this is the olympics and 
it's a lot bigger than anything else you'll ever do and um, use that to your advantage, not to, to crush you under pressure. Cause it's, it could go either way, you know, and it's important to make sure that, um, that you use it as a big event in your advantage. And, you know, this is your third now, but how does it kind of, how did things kind of change over time from your first, your second and to your third now? In terms um, of like, you know, pressure, or, you know, comfortability, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Honestly, my first one was, um, was good. I, I didn't really have too much pressure. I felt pretty good about it. I was young and just kind of there and didn't realize really what was going on and how big of an event it was. And I man, I did obviously still understand that it was the Olympics and was super excited, but um, that kind of being a little naive worked pretty well in um korea i knew i knew what to expect but it also like forced a lot more pressure on me because i understood how big an event it was and um made me ski a little stiff and didn't really get what i wanted to get done in russia is more of kind of like a a bit of a a fluke thing where i threw a trick that i didn't really know how to do and uh landed one in training and was like, all right, let's do it. And just didn't land it, but I was skiing really well there. And I think if I put down a good run, um, it would have been, would have been fine. But same thing in Korea. I just like needed to put down a good run, but put too much pressure on myself. And I kind of crushed a little bit under pressure. So this event, you know, I mean, I, I'm excited to be here. It's my last, my last season. So um, can kind of leave it all out on the table and uh, just enjoy it. And uh, in regards to your event, what are you kind of focusing on the most? Uh, I think it's going to be cold over there. So I got to bundle up, man, layer up. I think it's going to be really cold. Uh, and dealing with that at night too. I mean, we've been to China before and the events there and it's really sunny, right? It's always clear sky. And with that, it's pretty nice and warm in the day, but at night it gets really, really cold. Um, with it being a night event, we just got to be more aware of that. And um other than that, like I said, just kind of enjoy it, have fun, relax, you know, understand that it's, it's there to go get, and I just got to go get it. Yeah. And obviously you prepared a lot physically, you know, hitting the slopes hard in order to qualify, but uh, do you prepare yourself in any way mentally before heading to the Olympics? Um, I think so. I mean, definitely put it all in perspective, understand what you're getting yourself into and knowing that you can only focus on the things you can control and not getting too caught up in all these little things that are moving right now. I mean, we have all sorts of um, logistics stuff and um, issues with certain things that don't really matter. And it's easy to get caught up in that, which could make you get a little bit negative for the event. So Right now, I'm just trying to be positive and um, kind of enjoy the journey, enjoy the ride. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, men, men, the mental side of things is is super important, and it takes a long time and a lot of events and a lot of experiences to figure out a way to get through that. So um, I'll just use what I've my old my experiences up to this point to, I guess, help me with that if I can. Did uh, growing up in Butte impact your journey to the Olympics in any way? 
Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I definitely, it's, it's really easy to compare kind of my life with, um, a lot of other teammates or people on, uh, throughout my career and understand that like what I've come from is, is very special. And it is, I'm very proud of that, you know, the, um, Butte Ruts and it's just like, I think it's definitely come with me in that regard, you know, just being kind of proud and always, always being stoked when people ask me where I'm from, like, I mean, from Butte, man, I'm like, what, where's that? And I'm like, well, <laughs> you gotta go, you gotta check it out. And, uh, to understand where, um, like what everybody's going through and, uh, our day-to-day struggles in Butte, our day-to-day highs are, I mean, we all get so excited with other people's success and that's something that we can kind of all live through and knowing that Butte is behind me hundred percent and, um, we're kind of all going to the Olympics together. And that's, that's tough to be said with a lot of other communities, um, around the U S and around the world, you know, and, uh, that part is, is always going to be special. Yeah. I think Butte's a very special town too. I don't know, but I'm sure you've heard of Tommy Malat for Montana state, the yeah, quarterback. He's awesome. been killing it. He's from Butte, went to Butte high. Did you go to Butte yeah. high too? I went to Butte central. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. He's no, the man awesome. though. And, and it, it's, that's, what's so cool about the, the city. And I think, I mean, a lot of community, most communities in Montana are like that. And you just really, you know, you, you don't, succeed and you don't hit defeat alone you know with these communities you're always um you're always there with a lot of other people and people are there with you and no matter how well you do they're all just very excited for you and um back you 100 percent. and i love that about and i think that's i mean i think that is very very rare i don't think that is a thing in, in in other communities and um that's what makes butte and montana very special for sure. You go to bigger cities, you don't see that at all. But uh, here in Montana, they really like to back their own. And that is yeah. special. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's rightfully so. I mean, you can all ride those successes with people and um, learn from those successes. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's really, really cool. And, you know, your brothers had some success in the Olympics as well back in 2010 and now coaching What's it been like to kind of have him by your side during your journey? It's been so nice to have somebody there who, you know, knows exactly what I've been through my whole career. You know, they, they know, I mean, he knows, he knows literally everything about me. So it's really nice to not have to deal with building a relationship with a coach. And that's really hard. And we've gone through a lot of coaches on the OC team since I've been on the team. And, um, having that is very special and at the Olympics this year, they're not allowed to send any family, like nobody's spectating there in person. And, uh, I'll have that, you know, I'll be able to have Brian as my family member there watching, which is really cool. Um, so I mean, other than that, there's just, there's just so much things. There's so many things I could talk about. I mean, we, we're on the same page about, you know, how things are being run or how things, you know, should be done or, you know, we can always just communicate to help each other become better, whatever, like I'll help him be a better coach and I'll 
it'll help me be a better athlete. Awesome. And kind of going off of that, you know, fans won't be there. Do you see COVID restrictions impacting the Olympics this year in any way? Um, or your experience? Maybe it's maybe the experience. I think like, because usually we will be able to stay there at the Olympics last two Olympics. We were able to stay for the whole two weeks and kind of enjoy the experience and, and, you know, go to these events and, and those events. But, um, this Olympics, they are very strict and, um, in a way that we have to go, we're going in making sure that we're in a, a COVID bubble and we're going to leave making sure that we don't test positive as well. So they're being very careful and we're all being very careful. Um, we've been locked in a, in a bubble in our hotel room for the last like, I don't know, two weeks just preparing for this. And, um, and I think like that, that part of it is, is just, I mean, that could be its own experience, you know, in a way, like, no one else has ever really competed in the Olympics in a situation like this. So you can add that to the the docket of, um, you know, a whole new experience, which is, can be very special too. So when you get there, what does your schedule look like? Um, we have a day off when we get there and then we start training. We'll have, usually we only have two days of training before a world cup event. And then this, the Olympics, we're going to have four days of training. So we'll have a lot more, chances to kind of look at the course but with that being said um there's probably about 60 athletes including men and women right and we ski the same course and usually with those two days um we'll be skiing on a fresh course it doesn't get a lot of traffic and courses tend to change a lot when there's more traffic so there being two extra training days before the event, we could see a little bit of a difference with the, um, the course, how it holds up or, you know, we're, we just don't know. It's a lot of training on a, on a course. So, um, it's going to be a little bigger, a little beefier. And, um, I think it's gonna be a tough course. And, uh, so we'll have two day or four days of training and then we'll go to qualifications. We qualify first. Uh, and I think the women qualify the day after us or something like that. I'm not really hundred percent sure on the schedule, but we qualify the day before opening ceremonies. And then our finals is the day after opening ceremonies. So after, after, uh, finals, I mean, that's our event, you know, we have opening ceremonies in the first day is, is us. And, uh, we're kind of kicking off the Olympics in a way. And, uh, then we're out. And when did you start skiing? When were your first turns? First turns, I think it was four, Lost Trail. And, uh, or maybe it was Discovery. I don't ever remember. We always used to go back and forth, those two ski areas. But um, I didn't start competing until I was eight, and that was at Lost Trail. And, um, you know, being a professional skier, it's a difficult lifestyle, right? I mean, yeah, it's definitely different. Um, I think everybody has their thing that they do. And, uh, mine happens to be skiing and I do that a hundred percent, right? Like there's a lot of training days, you know, a lot of training days and it takes its toll and, um, busy all the time with, uh, um, with those, those training days or those training camps. And then there's times where you have to do nothing, you know, recovery days are kind of days where you can't just like let loose and go have fun and party when you're like worried about, 
you know, your body has to recover from what it's been through in the last three days. So a lot of sacrifices, I guess, are made with those, those kind of situations. And, um, but at the same time, it's not terrible. Like we get to see some really cool places. We get to go, we get to go to China for the Olympics, you know, like how cool is that? We get to go, um, to see the world, like everywhere we go on world cup is places that I wouldn't normally be able, I wouldn't have been able to see without skiing, you know, like we'd rather in Tokyo or we just spend time in Paris or, um, Granada, Spain. And, you know, we get to go to all these places and really take advantage of, um, kind of those different cultures. And that part of it totally just, I mean, makes all of that hard work and, uh, sac- those sacrifices completely worth it. That's awesome. And, um, if you could just put out a message to those in Montana and maybe your hometown, what would that be heading into these um, games? Uh, me, I mean, heading into the game, I don't know. I mean, there's advice that I would say to just people's, uh, and I think at a certain point, everybody sees this as, um, take advantage of, uh, of what you're doing. Like, like if you're, if you're a skilled athlete, artist, you know, scholar, whatever you're really good at, pursue it. Um, mine happened to be skiing and that the, making the Olympics is my, you know, my path, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, pushing your, your creative mind in, you know, the arts or music or, um, even sport, just pursuing it and see where it takes you and do it a hundred percent and take advantage of, um, of your special skill and don't worry about what, you know, other people's paths are and really just focus on yourself and enjoy your path and, um, take it to its best abilities. And cause that's just going to take you to your own journey and your own, your own path. And maybe, maybe it will take you to the Olympics. You never know. Awesome. I like that. And, um, you know, after the Olympics, where's your focus going to be next? Um, I definitely dabble into some coaching. Uh, there's some, some things I'd like to, to take care of and, and give back a bit for sure. And, uh, also dive into, uh, that creative side for sure. I, I have always been, you know, is super interested in building and creating and stuff like that. So, uh, I'd like to get back into that too. Do you know where you'd want to coach? Um, I don't, I, I don't know. I will see. I'm, I'm pretty inspired by this Mavericks movie. So, We'll uh, we'll see kind of where that takes me. Teach the uh, boys of Butte back home some skills on the slopes. God, that would be a dream. That'd be so cool. For sure, for sure, man. Well, hey, yeah. thanks so much for uh, talking with me today. That's about all I have for you. All right, right on, man. Thanks a lot. Perfect timing. It sounds like somebody's at my door. Awesome. <laughs> it's not. Maybe it's room service. <laughs> oh, there we go. There we go. All right, Brad. Thank you so much. Good luck over there in Beijing. Hey, thanks so much. I appreciate it. All right. Have a good one. Thanks. You too.